0: Welcome, everybody, to the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik. And I'm
2: Sharon.
0: You're the lovely Sharon. Oh, my God. Let's, okay. try, it, let's try it again. I'm... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik. And I'm Sharon. You're supposed to say I'm the lovely Sharon.
2: Oh, my God. Wait. Didn't we just do that? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, everybody.
0: You want, to, you want to join us? Hi, everybody. Or, you want to join us online? JoelMahalik.com. Facebook is at Joel... No. No. It- <laughs> Facebook is at JM Talk, Twitter is at WQYB <laughs> Radio.
2: <laughs>
0: you can also send us an email, Joel Show at gmail.com. We're gonna do things different tonight. Now when I say different, I mean really different tonight.
2: I know, I'm so excited. Yes. I am very excited.
0: So we are going to we're gonna uh, no, we don't have an official name because we didn't even think of this. This, this, right. this. this was a spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Just thought of it. I was thinking something like flashback something. I don't know. Something with flashback no. as a type of... Because uh, what if I we want to do this more mm, often? Yeah. we got to think of a name. So right now, it's flashback on the Joel Mahalik Show. There you go. We're going to do a flashback. Let's now, do what, a flashback. Now, what's different about this episode is uh, it will also uh, preempt. I guess that's the word they use in TV and radio. Preempt wombat of the week and our right. hero to yeah. next week to next week uh, so. and
2: i'm super excited <laughs> about this flashback
0: so here's what we're gonna do uh we are going to um no. yeah we're gonna flashback to <clears throat> way back
2: yeah to, it was my
0: actually it was my second ever interview done on the radio right because my first interview was Abermore, who was an independent singer. Right. And then my second ever interview was Craig Shoemaker, the comedian.
2: Yeah, and I introduced you to him. Yeah. I did. You did. When I was in the background, you know, doing all the background <laughs> stuff. And uh, <laughs> and then he let me in front of a mic and, wow. <laughs>
0: So this <laughs> this interview, I was trying to think, uh, it's probably 11 years ago, so wow. I had to do some work on the quality. Of course, it won't sound as good as you and I do,
2: right? but it
0: has been remastered. I love saying that term, because I actually did remaster this interview to make right. it sound a little bit better than it did, but yeah. that was the old days of us, and talk, uh, me and talk radio. Yeah. But uh, this was an exciting interview then for you to hear, and probably for you to hear it now.
2: I know, yeah. I... This interview coming up is extraordinary.
0: Yeah, so it really is.
2: is. Anybody that knows Craig Shoemaker, you know, from the comedy, um, comedy,
0: ring? field. field, ring,
2: field, ring,
0: ring, of fire? uh, ring, field of dreams,
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, knows that Craig Shoemaker is incredible. Yes, he, he really is. is. And I, when I first heard him, it was doing this one skit that he does. And, um, yeah, I fell in love with him.
0: So if Craig himself happens to listen to this yeah. particular podcast, and he may, because we're, you know, we're friends with him on Facebook. Yeah. So he yeah. may get the word. Uh, then he needs to know that. This is eleven years ago, and it's time for him to return.
2: I know, right?
0: To, to the podcast,
2: right? Especially since I'm behind the <laughs> mic, so to speak.
0: <laughs> How apropos of you to say that? This is actually, I uh, as I said, my second ever interview doing talk radio, but it was on the old show, the Behind, behind the Mic the show, mic show yeah. right? So, uh, without any further ado, what we'll do is we're going to drop out to a station ID, and then you will be shifted back in time. Right. And listen to me talk with the love master, Craig Shoemaker.
2: Look, Bullwinkle, we got a message. Email from some founder. This is really what I call a message. What's the say, Rocky? What's the say? Says they're listening to 920 WON the Apple, mm, Brooklyn, New York. And now here's something we hope you'll really like.
0: Ta-da. Okay, we're back
3: with you on Behind the Mic, and I have a special guest with me on the phone. Joining me is comedian Craig Shoemaker. Craig was named Comedian of the Year by the American Comedy Awards. He has won two NATAS Emmy Awards, a Toastmaster Award, and he has performed for more than two million people last year alone. Also, to Craig's credit, he won XM Radio's Big Shtick Award for his routine, The Love Master, and his special on Comedy Central was voted one of the top 20 on the network. His most recent achievement to date is his film, Totally Baked, a potumentary in which Craig wrote, produced, and stars in, which is available now for purchase from the Please welcome to Behind the Mic, the Love Master himself, Craig Shoemaker. Hey, Craig. Well, that's a hell of an
1: intro there. It sounds like I'm some big comedian. And meanwhile, you're talking to me. I'm playing a, a steakhouse in Pleasanton, California.
3: <laughs> well, I'm to a, a Tommy T people.
1: Steakhouse, baby. Yeah. Next week to Sizzler. <laughs>
3: <laughs> to a lot of people, Craig, you are a big comedian, and that's why I designed this big write-up.
1: Now, and let me ask you, know, you something before we go on. Are, 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 are you from Philadelphia? I am, sir. I knew it. I heard the and accent. You just took
3: one of my things.
1: I, I heard the accent. I'm trying to drop mine, but I, it's like looking in no mirror. I hear, I, I, do you say water? Yes, I do. Do you eat Scrapple? Yes, I do. Sweet, it's, I for folks who don't know, there's a breakfast meat called Scrapple, which I will not, I don't trust anyone with the word crap sitting right in the middle of it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you realize, Joey, you know, it's one, it's one uh, purchase of a vowel away from Scrap Pile, which is basically what it is. It's when they sweep the floor after the sausage, <laughs> they make right. a mold, and they feed you Scrapple. But it's damn tasty. I don't know what kind of meat they use. I, I, I dropped it on my lap and started humping my leg. <laughs> and you and you eat it, huh? Yes, I do. Uh, you, well, you know the Philadelphians, the parents all say, put ketchup on it.
3: <laughs> I actually eat it every week on Sunday.
1: It's you a do? weekly food here in this house. And where, where do you live?
3: I actually reside now in northern Delaware, just south of Wilmington. Oh,
1: okay. Well, then that's, that's Scrapple country.
3: Yes, I'm still in Scrapple country. <laughs> uh, so you're from Philly. I
1: right? am from Philadelphia. I'm the corner yes. of crack and homeless there. It's a, I'm happy I'm from there. It makes a big difference.
3: It made me feel more comfortable interviewing you. I know I was going to be interviewing a Philly native.
1: Well, now, yeah, we can have all of our local references. The Hell Hole, I got a whole bit in my act about that. The Hell Hole in Wildwood, New Jersey, and the shore. Right.
3: Hey, I lived there for eight years. Oh, no. I moved down there. I, I, uh, my wife and I, we picked up steaks from Pennsylvania. We said, let's move down to Cape May. We'll live at the shore, and we'll go to the beach every day. Well, we lived there eight years. We went to the beach twice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I did the same thing with uh, L.A. I've been there 20 years. I've, I've been in the ocean once, and I was to film a movie because they forced me to. <laughs>
0: uh, your
3: credit role pr- precedes you without question. You've done a lot of things. Now, how long have you been doing comedy professionally?
1: Jeez, I think uh, about 27 years. You know, I, I mean, I started very young. I was kind of lucky. I did a lot of impressions, which uh, you'd get the headline earlier if you do impressions because people don't have to think as much. <laughs> I love yeah.
3: impressions, by
1: you the go, way. Yeah, you go, here's Jack Nicholson as a toaster <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, people get entertained that way, and uh, I, I, I've always had fun with it. And, but it just kicked into a different level a few years ago.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel good about your accomplishments this far? I mean, all these things. Plus, there's other things, too, but... Do you feel good about it? Is it?
1: Well, is I, never, I never really feel like, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't like what they say, the uh, rest on the accomplishments. And, and I don't really look at them. I kind of got a different perspective a few years ago. I, I realized when I'm looking at these trophies and stuff that they're really meaningless. I mean, the comedian of the year, all that all did was heighten the resentment of other comics. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the hack that won this year. <laughs> Fix the election. I mean, it, it really doesn't me there's nobody that stops me in the street and says aren't you the comedian of the year at the American Comedy Awards don't you have two Emmy awards you know it doesn't right. it does it's really about where you are in the moment and uh, you know and which is ever changing for me and and the comedy what it did for me now is I understand I have a gift that I share with people but it comes in different forms mm-hmm. and and I realize the power of laughter and what that does for people. So I, so I get it on that level as opposed to an award level or an ego level. Right. I don't really uh, look at it that way anymore. I, mm-hmm. I I look at it like, well, how can I, even if it's a children's book or a DVD or a movie about marijuana, uh, I just realize that it's about just getting the laughs out there and, and helping right. people in that way because, you know, our country needs it. All they do is mm-hmm. produce negativity now. All the shows yeah. are negative. It's just nastiness, and you know Fox News and, and CNN that crawl that comes across. Here's some shit that will scare you today. It's <laughs>
4: like right.
1: Right. Uh, the hostages, orange alert. Don't eat spinach. I think I think that should be jokes coming across the screen, don't you? You look <laughs> you up, you see. To
3: lighten it up. Yeah, right? you
1: see a minister, a priest, and a rabbi walk into the bar, and you watch the joke unfold. Wouldn't the world be a better place? We need a laughter lobby in Washington because we have our own pharmacy inside of our bodies, uh, you know, that that makes us well. We don't need drug lobbies that just put a mask on everything. So I'm understanding now what the purpose is of why, you know, I know why I'm a comedian. It's because my mother belly danced at my high school graduation party and my grandmother smokes and grows pot and my father's a cult leader. (laughs) That's why I'm a comedian, but now I understand it just nudged me in this direction of, you know, kind of spreading it out.
3: Right, and you you mentioned that you started out doing impressions. You were doing impressions on the job.
1: Yeah, I used to work uh, downtown on uh, 15th and Sansom. You know that area, right? 15th and Chestnut, and I worked at a Mm -hmm. big law firm, and I used to perform in the little cafeteria at the law firm. I would imitate the the messengers, and the clerks, and the paralegals, and the lawyers, and, and, you know, and they're going, you should get up on stage sometime,
3: <laughs> and is not, uh, is that exactly what happened, I mean, what exactly going what happened, that That's
1: that? exactly what happened, and to the point where I, uh, I did get up on stage between the sets of the, another guy, he was a clerk there, and, uh, Jim Dinley. if you can find him, I'd love to thank him for inspiring my career. I still have not seen him since then, and i even put it in a couple newspapers that I'm kind of looking for. Maybe I'll do a big search, but uh, Jim Dinley, he's a great musician, and he worked with me, and he said, why don't you perform between sets of my band? And the band was performing on uh, like a 100th in Locust, on Locust Street or something on Chestnut. It was Sandy Supper Club. And it was um, it, it was 107 degrees on an August afternoon at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, I have no idea how he got this gig, but he let me perform between sets. <laughs> and because they didn't know, the lawyers and the, you know, and, and Sal, the messenger, who went, yeah, yeah, okay, I mean... <laughs> That was, that was Sal. They didn't know Sal, so I had to do different impressions. I did Truman Capote, and I would just tell like an old joke and like insert a, uh, a famous person in it, you know. Wow. So uh, yeah, I did. And then I pulled up my guitar, which I know four chords from my John Denver chord book, and uh, I and I went up on stage and uh, did different songs as different people. And uh, I think I got a couple laughs. I brought eight people, eight friends of mine. And uh, and I I was hooked. That was it. I'm I was I was in. I said this is a good good thing. I like this. And uh, see,
3: it's, it's that a sounds strong, like it's even what's that? I'm sorry, but that sounds like an even more extravagant way than even I would have thought. I would have. I, I was wondering, was it an open mic night? You know, was it like uh, you know um, you know an amateur night type of thing? But just to get up and you know and insert your act in between a musician's act locally. Yeah, well, it, it,
1: it, yeah. I, I have actually, from that point forward, and my whole life has been this way, uh, I do. I take the unconventional approach. I never hung out and still do not hang out in comedy clubs. I don't want to be influenced by anybody else. I mean, if people ask me my influence, I say Bruce Springsteen, because I went to a concert at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, and and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to bring it from the heels every show. I want people to walk out exhausted and say he gave everything that he had. I want to be mm-hmm. personal. He writes personal uh, lyrics and uh, and is personal, personable. And I, I said, that's what I want to do. And uh, that's what I hope to achieve every day. And he's about the people and not about the critics. Or And so... That's my biggest influence, more than any other comedian. You know, Comedy-wise, I just go by what my life gives me, mm-hmm. which has been pretty obscure, and I try to put it out in a funny way.
3: And a lot of comics say that. A lot of comics say that the best comedy comes from turning you know, the negativity or the controversy in your own life around.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean... Um, I was, telling my, I was telling you my mom belly danced at my high school graduation party, and I just—it mm-hmm. was a moment to, I can still visualize it. You know, she she was doing this belly dancing on the side. You know, she works in a law firm herself, <laughs> but to, to stay in shape, she was Shahrazad, and she had these like uh, photos, eight by ten photos and stuff. So she decides she buys us a keg. My seventeen-year-old friends—they all wanted her anyway. You know, she's a divorcee. <laughs> And uh, so they're thinking, oh, I want... So she comes down the steps with finger symbols cy- and veils with this... <laughs> and there she's rolling the belly in front of my gang, my gang of guys. And they're just going,
4: woo! Shoo, your old lady looks good!
1: And they're like throwing quarters at her, at, she, at which she was upset with them, as if they're supposed to know the proper etiquette for a uh, belly dancing mother.
3: So then, like, these days, like, uh, if when I showed up at any of my daughter's school functions, they were both in uh, concert band and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. You show up for those functions, and, you know, they don't want to know you. No,
1: isn't that weird? Yeah.
3: So this is, like, almost the opposite. Well, I, my, the I, it, turned into,
1: it turned into that way for me. I, You know, I have two boys, and uh, the one is just, you know, because he's three and four. I mean, just, well, he's almost four. He just idolizes me and everything about me, but... <laughs> The 9, almost 10, Justin, is just starting to get to that age. Like He was pitching the other day, and i taught him to pitch his whole life to the point where he had like 37 consecutive no-hit innings. And he's starting to have a little rough time. He's in a different league this year. So I'm yelling out the same stuff that kept him going all these years, and I realized I guess i got to hire a pitching coach because <laughs> he's literally going, Dad,
3: stop it, Dad, shut up, Dad. It doesn't
1: matter anymore, right? He's from the mound. He's lipping, shut up and get away from me. <laughs> And I'm and I'm doing all the stuff you know th- th- that I didn't have growing up. You know the dad that says I love you. You're, dad, get out of here! Stop it! You're embarrassing me. <laughs> you can't <laughs> win with the kids, you know. And then, but when they're younger though, that you just want to bite them. I mean, Jared, the youngest one, I just want to take a hunk out of his cheek. I mean, he some days he's gonna be in therapy, going, "My daddy, he love me very much, but he bit <laughs> my face off."
4: Because <laughs> he loved me
1: very much. But I do Carissa I do try to based. give them all the things, you know, that I that I didn't have. And uh you know, including just hugging them and loving them so much and uh but you, you just can't win. They're going to therapy either way.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's
1: right. what I figure.
3: Uh and now your I don't want to bounce around too much. Uh your movie career. Yeah. You I don't know
1: that it would be labeled a career.
3: As of yet, uh, my, my <laughs> <But let me laughs> as of yet, you yet do you have
1: some news for me? Well, did I get a Spielberg
3: picture?
4: <laughs> you know what let I did? When I won to...
1: Community of the Year, by the way, I seized the opportunity because this. You know, what I found in Hollywood, you know, I've been out there twenty years from Philly, mm-hmm. and what I found is that it really is who you know. I don't care how much they BS you, you know, with a spelling child acting like you know, well, he got me in the door.
3: No, he opened
1: the door, closed the door, shut the door, whenever you wanted it shut, and closed. So it's, it's a bunch of BS. People are just kidding themselves. Right. But uh, what was my point I was making? Oh, jeez, I can't remember what I was saying. I'm, I go off on tangents sometimes, and I go, i got to write that down. It's going to be a funny bit.
3: <laughs> you know what? My, our, our show does nothing but tangents. Oh,
1: so. <laughs> <Well>, yeah, I'm <laughs> the, the king of tangents. Time. You're in good company. But I forget. what what were we talking about? But what was my point on that?
3: I was I was actually going to ask you. Oh, the now. movie
1: career.
3: That's yeah, right. We're talking.
1: We're talking about the career. <laughs> I've kind of had to make my own thing with movies because they don't cast you really fast, you know, mm-hmm. if you if you don't know somebody. It's not really based on talent as much as it is perseverance and stuff. But if you think, right. oh, I know. I said I seized the opportunity when I won comedian of the year. I, I, I because all these people, it's so funny because there was a rumor that I was going to win. It was on ABC, is this big trophy and stuff, and Roseanne was the presenter along with Lily Tomlin, and so I'm in the audience, and they, they, I really did think I was going to win because they had the camera focused on me and stuff. So I said, "There's a lot of people that w- would like me to thank. The a publicist says, make sure you thank me, an agent." She thanked me, or Bud Friedman from the thank me, thank me. So I said, The hell with all of them. I said, I'm <laughs> gonna thank the people I'd like to work with. I already work with those people. Right. So in advance I'd like to thank Stevie Spielberg, Marty Scorsese. <laughs> so uh I it didn't work for me though. They they haven't called.
3: But now you were called back to work on Pleasantville in post production.
1: Well, that was a weird one. I was a guy from Philly. He's a big editor, Billy Goldenberg. And uh,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Billy, uh, yeah, he's Oscar nominated, by the way. Both went to Temple together. And uh, Billy called me because he knows I do a Don Knotts impression. So uh, Barney Fife. But what he didn't tell me is I get there and he says, well, it's Don Knotts today. Not the old Barney Fife that you're used to doing because you have to loop him. He can't make it so you have to loop him. And I even wrote a couple lines or something. So anyway, so uh, I had to do the old Barney, you know, because I had met him before, and they posed us next to each other. We're doing, you know, I'm doing Barney fights.
5: All right, Andy, got a nipping nipping in the body, Andy.
1: And he's, like, old, so he turns me and goes, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> you do me better than me. <laughs> so uh, I had to do... I had to do Don Knotts as an older guy, TV repairman, in the movie Pleasantville. If you watch the movie closely, you'll hear my voice dubbed in there going, he circles the apple on the telestrator. it's my voice going,
6: Boom! What do you call that right
3: there, Bob? The forbidden
1: fruit here in Pleasantville. <laughs>
3: but your impressions is dead on now. You said you met him.
1: Yeah, I, I, what a but, nice but, 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 guy. I was going
3: to say, what was that like? Well, i got to be
1: honest with you on one level. You ever hear a rumor that somebody's got a big schlong? <laughs> so, I had to look. We sat on the couch after comic relief, and some people told me it was a really cool moment for them. He's on stage doing a Steve Allen reunion, and I came out later and did the whole cast in Mayberry. And people said backstage, like, you know, there's, hundreds of people backstage, and they're all about their clients and stuff. And I've been told by many people that everything stopped just so they could watch Don Knotts watch me, of which I was having a really good breakout set. You know, it was kind of like one of my first big national TV things. And so uh, he stared at me, and Steve Allen stood next to him, and he turned to Steve Allen, and he goes, He does me pretty good, doesn't he? See? <laughs> and... uh so I sat with him afterwards, and we hung out. And he could not have been nicer. And I must tell you, I took a peek to see if the schlong. <laughs> I'm going. Is that a pleat? So uh, yeah, someone told me that he's hung like a hockey stick. So uh, no, who's not going to peek? I'm not. But uh, oh, I, I ran into him uh, one time. He signed an autograph. And he, and he looks up, and he goes, Oh, it's you again.
6: Do you do my signature, too? Take a pen and sit next
1: to me. Knocked <laughs> him out faster. Yeah, exactly. Well, definitely, yeah. Uh, couldn't see very well. But uh, what a what a nice guy. He was like an idol of mine growing up.
5: Here's something my mother told me when I was growing up. I'll never forget this. My mother used to say, You'll have to be the man of the house. Man of the house. I'm six years old, built like Barney Fife from Mayberry. <laughs> I'm trying to order my sisters around.
4: All right, somebody
6: in here.
5: Somebody made a big old mess in the kitchen.
4: And I came out here
5: to have a cookie. And there's dishes in the
4: sink here, little lady.
5: Who's going to clean them up? You better look out. Look out. These things are certified
6: life-a-weapon.
5: You're into Barney there, aren't you? <laughs> I'll do Barney all night to kiss your ass. I don't care. Come here, baby. Walk master, for the rail lot, master. <laughs> I got what you're looking for. Come up here. These girls are so young. You have no clue what I'm doing right now, do you? <laughs> it's Mr. Furley from Three's Company. Does that ring a
4: bell? <laughs> all right, now we're bonding.
5: There you go. Tell me he wasn't wiring on some drug, wasn't
4: he? <laughs> now we're gonna mount pilot to some cocaine.
5: <laughs> then we'll come down and smoke some Opie.
4: <laughs>
5: there were drugs in Mayberry, I'm telling you. <laughs> Floyd the barber was the dealer, I'm convinced. They all hung out in that barber shop. And what drug was Floyd on? <laughs>
6: Oh, oh, hold it, Andy. <laughs> here, here, try some of this, Andy. Oh, it'll get you real high there, Andy. real high, Andy. How is it quiet, Andy? How is Mount Pilot? That's right, Andy. That's a good quail, dude, Floyd.
5: <laughs> Bullshit. The last stuff you sold me was baby powder.
1: I was always a geek in high school, so, I mean, I'm, I don't look at now, I'm 6'2", 200 pounds and athletic and stuff, but, you know, in high school, I was 5'1", 92 pounds, so I I definitely identify with Barney more than any other character. Right. Yeah.
3: Right. Now, speaking of characters and impressions, funny story for you, the first thing I've ever heard you do was the Love Master.
1: Oh, Yeah. My wife. I know your wife loves you. Uh, what's
3: that?
1: <laughs> Have you ever tried to We're do it for friends. your wife?
3: <laughs> no, no, you haven't. But, no, I haven't. Most
1: guys, when they see me, or uh, they they try to do the love master at, or listen to my CD, and every woman tells me this. <laughs> well,
3: I can't. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't get to the level of the voice. I mean, I tried it once, and she's like, "Yeah, um, go get Craig and come back." Yeah, see, that's you know. what I'm
1: saying. That's funny.
3: <laughs> but. So the first time I, because she had actually discovered you, because we're, you know, really big with comedy, and she says, you got to hear this guy, you got to hear this guy, and she's listening to you in the headphones on the computer, pulls the headphone out, so you're already into the Love Master thing.
1: <laughs> so the
3: first time I heard you, I thought it was a black comedian.
1: Yeah, a lot yeah, of people, Love Master's not black, but he's sexual, but he's, uh, yeah.
3: He's like a, um...
1: Everybody thinks Barry, Barry White. White. It's not really Barry White, It's it's, um... Well, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you my secret behind it. It is Lou, half Lou Rawls and, and half Tommy Lee Jones. So you know, like Tommy Lee Jones in and, in uh, and like the the Marshals or whatever, the, the Fugitive.
3: Yeah, the Fugitive, and then U.S. Marshals. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. gonna
1: search every outhouse,
3: whorehouse, henhouse, and
1: yeah, I'm the love master, baby. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Where did this character come from?
1: Well, I was a geek growing up, as I told you, and then the girls...
3: Yeah, I belong to that club. Oh, you know
1: then, and you know what it yeah. was like having the F word, you know, friend, always the friend. <laughs> oh, did I hate that. I pretended I liked it, you know, so they would actually, at least if I got some attention that way if I was a friend. It was better than, you know, being a non-friend and a geek. So
4: right, they would actually right.
1: invite me, you know, all, that posse piss they all do when they all pee together, go to the bathroom together. <laughs> yeah. They would let me go. That's what a geek I was. I was in the bathroom with them, sitting on the tub, smoking cigarettes. And they would talk about my friends and stuff. Tommy's so cute, fixing up a Tommy. And I'm going, I'll fix up a Tommy. And I hadn't had puberty yet. <clears throat> Meantime, I'm thinking, oh, give the geek a chance, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on and let me free Willie.
3: <laughs> so he started out as, a, uh, as an inner voice.
1: He is an inner voice, he still is.
3: <laughs> I've had
1: women I've had women in the old days they would sleep with me if I would just be the love master. I couldn't be me. So I, I remember one time I was going up the elevator and I'm like, Oh baby, I'm gonna put you into a coma, your eyes are gonna roll like a slot machine, baby. And all of a sudden I came out a character and I I think I like shot I I was basically done already. I'm there Sorry. <laughs> i'm gay
6: i'm not gay i'm the love master baby Yeah. yeah i'm as hard as final jeopardy that's right baby I'll take you out for breakfast, I could hold two cups of coffee and a dozen donuts right there, baby. Yeah, I was circumcised by a bandsaw, that's right, baby. One night with me, you'll be sweating like Jessica Simpson taking the SATs, that's right, baby. You go to school with me, you'll graduate magna cum loudly, that's right, baby, I'm the love master. you at? Wanna go bird and look, a swallow? Yeah, that's right. I'll stir your drink from right here, baby. Yeah, I got a drink. It's a penis colossus. That's right, baby. Yeah, I got a smoothie right here. This one comes with a protein boost. That's right, baby. Yeah. What do you you grab onto this? You'll think your hand shrunk. That's right, baby. Yeah, I got four inches right here. Yeah, some women don't like it that wide. Yeah, that's right, baby. I'll have you quivering like Mel Gibson getting pulled over by Officer Steinberg. That's right, baby. I'm the love master, baby. What are you laughing at? Yeah. I'll flip you so much, you'll think you're an IHOP. You know, like IHOP, you like French food? Well, bon appetit, baby.
5: There's some people staring at me right now.
6: What the hell happened to him? Where'd the minivan guy go? (laughs) Nothing mini here, baby. (laughs) That's me tapping you on the shoulder right now, baby. Yeah, don't turn your head. You'll get a black eye. That's right, baby. Yeah, I'll have you shaking like Courtney Love in rehab. That's right, baby. Yeah, let me show you a magic trick. Pick a number between sixty-eight and seventy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, baby. I'll hit you G spot, H I J K L M N O P spot. I'll cover the whole damn alphabet, baby. Yeah, let's play doctor. Is this small one? <laughs> yeah, it'll only be a prick. Don't worry, baby. <laughs> Here, I got some and cure you right up there, baby. That's right. Oh, yeah. You think it's a fairy tale? Well, puff the magic dragon, baby. Come on and tell Pinocchio a lie. Climb the magic beanstalk, baby. Fee, five, four, from, lay on down, and I'll make you. You know what I'm going to do for you, baby. Yeah. Oh, I love you so good. Your neighbor will have a smoke. Yeah, I did a girl so good the police came three
3: times. This is it's surprising you don't you don't you don't develop an identity crisis because of, because of
1: that. Well, yeah, well I don't do the do love master. The love master is a part of my act now, but you know I'm just so happy that. And, and listen, I can't deny what it's done for me, the Love Master character, because people don't remember my name. They go, he's the Craig Schumacher, Greg Schumacher. Shum- and, you know, nobody knows my name is Craig Shoemaker. You know, it's a maker of shoes. There's no mocker involved. And, you know, so, uh, but the Love Master, they remember. So they go, oh, it's that guy. And everybody needs something that someone can remember, you know, like a brand. And that's the brand that they do stick with. And then when they come see the show, it's an hour and a half, of which Love Master is just a tiny little four or five-minute segment with some mm-hmm. callbacks. But basically, they get to see what I consider like a one-person show. I do a beginning, middle, and an end. And it's like, and like I said, it's like what Springsteen does. And it's, uh, you know, just deliver an hour and a half's worth of, of comedy. where they right. Yeah, and it's got callbacks, and it's, uh, it's got some sort of a... A story is being told, and uh, that's the way I like to look at it. Not like I'm up there just telling jokes.
3: Well, and it's become a staple for you.
1: Well, the Love um, Master, yeah. yeah, we made a movie, the Love Master movie, of which Farrah Fawcett was in it. I couldn't believe she was in the movie. I'll tell you a story Is that. The unzipped? No, no, that's I have the Love Master unzipped as the new DVD and the CD that I'm very proud. of. Oh, okay. It just went cardboard. I'm very proud of that. You could push me to ten after being on your show. So, uh, yeah, the DVD is out. Please get it. Uh, the Love Master unzipped The place I prefer is The Laughter Store, which we'll get back to that later, the com.
3: Right, right.
1: But, um, so we made a movie, The Love Master. That's a few years ago. And Farrah Fawcett basically volunteered to do the movie. So I, I was in the car rehearsing with her. We're all alone, and I was so intimidated, you know. I, I had that poster when I was a kid, and so... <laughs> I'm practically calling her Miss Boss. I'm like, Thanks for doing my movie, Miss Fawcett. And she goes, Ah shut up. I just wanna know if that Love master is real and she reaches over and <laughs> <laughs> there was no horn in my crotch. You get the idea? Right. So and I was so I was so nervous I I had an inny for God's sakes. I had a mangina going on. So uh you know it shrinks when you're nervous. So then And then a few minutes later, I'm ready for my close-up, baby. Look out, there! I'll curl your hair from right here, baby. (laughs) So uh, the movie turned out pretty good. We won the uh, Independent Film Festival. Oh, I got a story. This tells you about, you know, how in life it never works out the way you plan it to. You know, I'm in this comedy business, and I'm thinking maybe my parents, you know, my dad who left when I was born, you know, and my mom, and, Maybe they'll approve of me someday, you know. <laughs> this goes to right. the chill. Anybody out there is listening that thinks you're gonna get your parents to you know, give you what you want. <laughs> it just doesn't work out that way. So I that movie with Farrah Fawcett and Courtney Thorne Smith is in it and George Went and it was pretty cool. We won the independent film festival in Los Angeles. And it's this huge thing. It's like I think like fifteen thousand people at the convention center and Robin Williams is being honored that year and so I'm backstage, and I just won, and I was all excited. I was like, who am I going to call? I said, I don't have a girlfriend. I said, I'll call my mom. She'll get a kick. And then Robin Williams is there with me. So I said, hey, Robin, would you mind talking to my mom And, and you know, and, uh, in Philadelphia? She'll get a kick out of it. He said, oh, yes, oh, the love mother. Oh, put her on the phone. Oh, she must be funny. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I said, this will be great. So I said, he's standing there. I said, I call her up. I said, Hello? Hello? Hey, Mom, it's me. My film just won the Independent Film Festival in Los Angeles. So I'm standing here with Robin Williams who's going to talk to you. She goes, That's very nice. You know not to call me during Jeopardy. I got to go. And as she's hanging up, I hear, Who is Anwar Sadat? She hangs the phone up on me. She hung the phone up. No, no, congratulations. Not. And then he stood there with this look like, Oh, I understand. Oh, yes. <laughs> he got it. You know, because that's what the comedians, that's what we come from. You know, you're never going to get that approval. And that's why on stage I don't try to get that anymore. I try to be of service to the people, you know, and to allow them to receive this gift of laughter, you know. And that's all I want to do now. I don't really care if they're my best friend or they approve of me, you know. The ones who dig it, dig it, and the ones who don't, don't, you know.
3: Right. I saw the win, uh, for the, that film, but I had, when I was writing your your intro, I was concentrating on the fact that you have uh, the new one out, uh, the Potumentary.
1: Yeah, well, it's actually a feature film, we about. call it a Potumentary, because it's a <laughs> it's totally baked uh, comedy about the burning bush, and I that one, I can't believe how that took off, I mean, it looked like it was dead in the water, I put <laughs> I got divorced over it, <laughs> I put all my money oh, into huh. a, you know, a pot movie, <laughs>
4: so...
1: I didn't get divorced over that. It was happening anyway. But it didn't help in the divorce papers when she said, you can have that stinking movie. Well, I think she might have made a mistake because it got picked up by Universal. And, I'm, and I can't believe Walmart <laughs> bought 35,000 copies of Totally Baked. I mean, I guess oh, they thought it was wow. a cooking film with Bobby Flay or something. But it's <laughs> taken off to every single retailer's handling it. It's doing really well. And I am just so thrilled with it. It's it was a, it's a it's a movie that is made by a guy. I'm I'm not a pot smoker. I mean, I used to a long time ago. That's actually when I thought I was funny That's when I was high, but <laughs> the, the silliest stuff. My friends would sit around and go, "That was funny. You should write that down. Use it in your comedy." I would write it down. I thought I, was, I thought it was brilliant. So I find this note the next day. I go, "Hamster nipples. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> it was funny the night before." <laughs> so uh, yeah, I. Like, Anyway, I, I uh, wrote this movie uh, because my son asked me if I ever smoked pot. He was seven at the time. Oh, I, first of all, I was singing that song, Joker, Smoker, Midnight Toker. He goes, what's a toker? I go, well, it's someone that smokes pot. And he pulls a pot out in the kitchen. He goes, how do you smoke this, Dad? So I said, oh, geez, I'm going to have to write a movie about this. And that was the inspiration. And, uh, of course, in the movie, I make, I turn him, you know, there's a father that representing me, and then, and then the kid is now a 15-year-old hot chick girl. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to appeal to the stoners out there. Right. A lot of a lot of naked women in it actually. Which was really weird to cast the naked women, you know. I'm, i said, I Well, how do you cast a naked woman? So I went to a strip club. I could pull up in my minivan with a roll of twenties to a strip <laughs> club. I had never been to a strip club in LA. So I'd pull up there and, and then I'm I'm like typical Hollywood, I'm in I'm in the back in the lap dance going, Are you an actress by any chance, Tiffany? <laughs>
3: This really isn't a line.
1: Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I said, can you read these pages while you're down there at my ankle? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we actually cast Blossom. Yeah, Blossom's in it. She's she's a stripper, and (laughs) we have a few. But now they're all actresses. Blossom has her 8x10. She's Mm -hmm. a SAG member now. So I'm glad (laughs) I can inspire her career. But it was the movie turned out great, Austin Film Festival, and uh, I'm just real happy with it. Yeah, you go to uh, Austin, get that. All this stuff, actually, anything that makes you laugh, I developed this place called The Laughter Store, thelaughterstore.com, because I really do believe in the power of laughter, and this place has everything to make you laugh. When you look at it, you go to a hospital or something, and you see people, you give a cheese log to a lactose intolerant or flowers that die or cookies to a diabetic. It makes no sense to me. Right. So right. why not give them products that laugh? So I make you laugh, So I, um, uh, although we have things that laugh too. Um, like I've invented the laughter basket where instead of giving those things, you give them a basket filled with things that make you laugh. And, uh, you know, DVDs of comedians, CDs, and funny books, and luggage tags, and just you load it up with real funny gag gifts. You know, we, the Fart Machine 2 is a huge seller, by the way. <laughs> Fart Machine 2, like the sequel. Ew. Yeah, as if the first one wasn't good enough. Now they came out with 14 new sounds. <laughs> I'd like to be there for that production meeting. Somebody bring me a poot. I'm looking for a poot, damn it. So uh, Can you, you get the audition in them. What's that?
3: Can you imagine auditioning them for the final product? No, sorry, <laughs> not good enough.
1: It's hysterical, yeah.
3: By the way, in the Shoot movie Totally
1: Big, we have four, four lit farts, and which cost ten grand. And that's not easy for an independent film that I funded for our CGI effects for <laughs> the lit farts. My friend going, "I'd do it for ten bucks." And then he, one, and he lit one, a lit one. But that those parts <laughs> made me really laugh. The movie's very silly, but it's very educational too. We're calling it a teaching chong. <laughs> It, it really does tell you about the hypocrisies and why it's demonized and criminalized and how silly it really is when you can have alcohol legal and not pot. You know, there's no right. man, there's no mothers against marijuana, you know, against drunk drivers, not marijuana drivers do five miles an hour like a bumper car, for God's sake. <laughs> so you don't have fights breaking out at a fish concert a grateful dead. You know, you spilled your bong water, rumble. <laughs> It doesn't happen. So uh, you know, I don't smoke pot. Don't condone it. But you'll see in the movie we we sort of do take a position because we could hardly find anyone really opposed. There's nobody right. vehemently opposed to it. So, and and I do We do it in a very silly way. So uh, you get that at the laughter store. The uh, unzipped you know, all all the stuff. And Go to thelaughterstore.com and make it a regular place because it's just uh, you know why not why not have our, our say. We say laughter's the best medicine. Just open up and say ha.
3: I saw that on the website. I think that was fantastic. Great tag. Now, other than what the, the what you produce at the LaughterStore.com, now tell me about LaughterHeals.org because that's another project that you have.
1: Yeah, well, that happened because which is fantastic. Yeah, well, that happened because my uh, best friend Golds. Um, he's from Philly, also Northeast High School, and. Uh, Gold's a big writer in LA and stuff. He directed Love Master movie and stuff and he knows all about how laughter heals. Actually I've had a lot of people that got pregnant after comedy shows. You know, they said they couldn't get pregnant. It's like a fertility thing. I can think of at least five cases that are known. People that watch the show, the guy goes home and tries to do the Love Master Yerbur it'll sound like Kermit I'm the Love Master. <laughs> so uh every everybody does it and they have fun, it loosens them up apparently. And sure enough, uh, a lot of babies have been born uh, because I think they're not trying to have a kid and and so forth, and it loosens them up to the point where they can, you know, allow for the healing to take place. So uh, Gold uh, got brain cancer uh, Mm -hmm. about seven years ago, and the prognosis was, well, you're not going to be with us in about three months. Well, he's still alive today and that was wow. seven years ago, and um, so I'm, you know, one of his caregivers, primary caregivers, and I um, I noticed the, i take taken the chemo treatments, and these, the conditions, it's just terrible. First of all, the, the medicine they give him, it's called medicine, and they call it the red death. I said, can we rename this Santa Claus or something, you know?
4: <laughs>
1: it's ridiculous. I mean, so there's a different way to look at your prognosis, whatever. How gr- however grim it might be, and we're the laughter heals organization where laughterheals.org. we're here to help people we're raising the awareness of the power of laughter we have a pharmacy right within our reach right in our bodies and um, so that's why the laughter store was formed as well so we're going to get the goodies to make you laugh and so we have these guided lapidations and things and audio-visual cards that we do in hospitals and aftercare facilities with with funny movies and, you know, old TV shows and DVDs and things and CDs. So that's what we do to help them heal. And um, <clears throat> we're hoping it takes off.
3: I'll tell you, I hope it does, too. I think that's, that is amazing what you're doing with both LaughterHeals.org and LaughterStore.com. And two... Two separate venues deliver in laughs uh, over a, a multitude of uh, reasonings, and I just think it's it's fantastic what you're doing there.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, I you mean know, you you get it, I and mean, you're a lover of comedy, and I'm surprised how many comedy. more people are not a lover of comedy, and but they're you know a lover of watching news with war on it constantly, and that's what we're you know a know lover what, of.
3: Be on, I'll be honest yeah. with you, you. I mean, I'm sure you have some idea what's going on around this area. As far as Philadelphia and all the crime, it it doesn't pay to turn the news on anymore.
1: No, not at all. And that's the whole lead story. It's the lead, you know. Then they'll have one, you know. Don Pollock will come in with some silly ass story, you know. Then that's supposed to lighten up your mood for two minutes out of the entire broadcast, you know. Yeah. Why can't the whole broadcast be that and maybe a couple essential news pieces about a fire down the street? Because if you don't live on that street, it's not. It's irrelevant.
3: Yeah, it is irrelevant.
1: My mom always says, you know, I don't watch the news anymore, and I I cancel my newspaper. She goes, well, how do you live? I go, guess what? I'm living well. You know, how are you living? You know, she's calling me. That's good. She's calling me saying, you know, so-and-so died, and this happened, and that happened. I said, doesn't do me any good, and the news picks your news anyway, I mean, you know, the, 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 go pick your nose. I don't care. Don't pick my nose for me. You know, tell me which blonde was kidnapped, and now we're going to obsess over her for a, a year, and she'll be on Nancy Grace with our principal. And We all know who Natalie Holloway's name is, and John Benet Ramsey, and Amber Smith, or, I mean, you know, Lacey Peterson, because they're good-looking white chicks. Right. You know, that's the idea. They're good-looking white girls, so that's we obsess over them. It's like, oh, my God, look at that poor girl. And meanwhile, yeah. La, Lucretia... You know, from the hood, they're not saying a word about it because they're not picking. They know that that's not who they care about for their advertisers. And it's the silliest right. thing ever, but nobody calls it for what it is, and it's 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 blatant and it's ridiculous. so you know, I, I I think that news should uplift and inform, you know, right. inform at the same time as you're uplifting people to drive them into a different realm of possibility. Instead of, you know, what they're giving us, it's the same thing that's existed our entire lives, which makes us just exist and not live. Mm-hmm. And it's so silly. And, and yet it's a paradigm that just exists without without question. But I, at Laughter Heels, what we want to do is we want to initiate a paradigm shift. And you're the first to know that I just signed a, uh, a deal with the guy that won the Oscar for Crash and Gods and Monsters um, for a new documentary about it. Excellent. Called Live to Laugh. And um, we're we're working on it right now. We're just waiting for some funding. Any of your listeners that want to help us fund it, it's going to be a big money maker. And um, just contact me at craigshoemaker.com. dot com.
3: Right. We'll, I don't know gonna, if
1: the SEC says that's okay to do that, but I don't care.
3: <laughs> uh, shit on them. They don't regulate us.
1: <laughs> that's right.
3: And uh, we'll we'll happily link up to all your sites. Uh, and give mention of that on our uh, radio networks because that is important stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'd, I'd like to, uh, you know, love to have you come back and talk about that when that project is ready to roll.
1: Absolutely.
3: You know, and uh, and give you that uh, publicity on it. Um, you know, I wanted to mention about the news when we were kids. News was on for a half hour in the evening. Yeah. And that was it on three channels. Remember that? Three, six, ten.
1: Now, Everybody watched six. First with Larry Kane and Jim Gardner. Yeah. All looking at the spot on his head. <laughs> it was, all, it was well, one now, gray spot. Now it's all gray.
3: It's all silver, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, every channel has news, first of all, even all the UHF band, and mm-hmm. you wake up to it. You can't get away from it. No. Everyone's shoving it in your face from five yeah. to nine, so the whole time you're trying to get... Ready for work, you better damn sure hope you have cable television so you can watch something else. It's a mess,
1: yeah, I know, and um I'm you know what? We all have the power. turn it off, right. I watch things that entertain and um and inform, and that's all I need, and it's all I need. I know how to, I need to know how to get well and what to teach my children and uh teach them you know even our government. nobody apologizes either. Nobody right. nobody is, has accountability or responsibility, and, and that's a bad lesson to teach our children because then they're going to live this entitled life. So I, I'm trying to teach them the alternative, and, that, and it's a very small minority that feels that way, but I'll find those people, and those people will, you know, will be hanging, <laughs> and that's what we're going right. to teach our kids.
3: We will follow you.
1: <laughs> no, we'll go together. No following. I don't want to be a no, leader. Uh, My father's a cult leader, so... <laughs>
3: Coming up this weekend, you're uh, you're in Irvine, California, right? Yeah, so first weekend in
1: June, something like that. Yeah, Irvine. Uh, one of my favorite spots, actually. I mean, I've been lucky because uh, I get to stay at home a lot. Uh, my uh, best market is Southern California, where I live, and I get to. I noticed that. Stay home and coach little league and stuff, and then I got. If you. I've if got, you got a bunch of gigs June. coming up. I'm going to take a break in June and and uh, a big break, which is a big one for me, and. Um, and get back to the to the touring schedule in Birmingham and places like that, which will be a real treat in August
3: right. or July. With, oh, July.
1: <laughs> What's that? July actually. What's that?
3: If you don't get a little closer to Delaware, uh, I'm going to be in trouble.
1: Well, listen, I you bring your wife, you know, and she'll come see the love master, and I'll get her all wound up. You know, I'll set her up. You knock her down,
4: <laughs> and I will
1: be in Sellersville. In October, the first week of October, Sellersville is not far from you. It's a great venue, and if just go to craigshoemaker. dot com and right. uh, and go check out the schedule. I hope everybody can come to a live show, and we'll have fun together.
3: Yeah, and you can get your tickets and information by going to again craigshoemaker. dot com. All the information's there. Also, uh, laughterstore. dot com. Get the uh, Love Master movie, the Love Master Unzipped DVD and CD, and totally bake the Potumentary. Yes. You pick all that up there and stop by and support laughterheels.org. Other than that, uh, Craig, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it's been having you on the program.
1: Well, uh, I thought I'd get to talk to your wife, but I guess now I'll have to see her in Sellersville.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's actually uh, I she's tell not her. even here at the moment. I want to
1: do the real uh, Love Master for her. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm going to definitely uh, look into the Sellersville event, and uh, I'll get a hold of you. Hopefully, we have an opportunity that the three of us can meet. Right on. So, for the rest of you listening, we're going to be back. Uh, you've been listening to the Love Master, Craig Shoemaker. Watch the website for links to how to stay in touch with all of his goings-ons. And we'll be back right after this. Craig, thanks a lot.
5: Thank you. Start your day with Reality One with a coffee. We'll take ours with one sugar. And uh, please pick me up a bagel, too, while you're at it, would you?
0: And there it was a long, long time ago (laughs) in a place not so far away from this room. (laughs) I (laughs) know. My interview with Craig (laughs) Shoemaker.
2: I'm telling you, that was incredible.
0: Yeah, and of course. Even
2: listening to it again, it's it was incredible.
0: And the live comedy insertions that you hear during the you heard during the interview were from I think here comes the love master I think is what that first big yeah CD of his yeah, was yeah yeah um, and
2: I believe you're right
0: yeah so great stuff great stuff and, awesome so Craig like I said if you're listening
2: we love you man
0: and Sharon demands you come back to the podcast and update uh uh, update yourself yeah
2: (laughs) I'm gonna hear some more love master
0: especially since he's got stuff going on he's doing a sports talk show now
2: yeah
0: I heard that he's got a whole lot of stuff going on that he needs to come back and tell us about Mm -hmm. you know I'm tired of just reading about it he needs to come here and tell me
2: yeah tell me to my face (laughs)
0: so
2: to to speak right tell me to my mic (laughs) Right, exactly. Now, this good, good interview. So we
0: hope you enjoyed the flashback. Uh, as we said, we uh, we have not forgotten about our heroes. We have not forgotten about our wombats. Uh, we just wanted to do something a little different. Yeah. That's the thing, right? We want to do different things Absolutely. instead of being so static. We want to kind of make this dynamic.
2: Exactly, exactly. You know? I, I don't like static. It gets in my hair and my clothes and then... You're a weirdo. You know, when I touch people, I'm electric. <laughs> but, <laughs> I am not a weirdo. But that's so cool, though,
0: when you touch me and, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, I know,
2: but it's not cool when I touch other people and it's like. It's,
0: <laughs> it means that our love is electrifying.
2: It is. See that? Our love is very electrifying.
0: That's right. Especially when I was playing yeah. with that power outlet earlier. That was pretty electrifying. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
2: that was funny. You thought. Craig Shoemaker is funny. (laughs) No, 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 no. I
0: didn't do too bad. I just needed to call the cavalry in, and that's all right. Sometimes (laughs) it's okay to call experts in.
2: Yeah. After you've already messed it up. I did not.
0: Listen, (laughs) I did not. Messing it up would have mean if I would have really messed things up, but I just.
2: Yeah, we still have a TV and, you know, our studio. I was
0: changing a standard socket in a GFCI line. To a GFCI socket outlet,
2: okay. which is
0: smarter. So yes. I, so apparently, I had two wires, two blacks crossed, not white black, and because it was a GFCI, <laughs> it nothing bad happened because right. it won't start if it's not wired right. So, right.
2: And I, so there. And I am judging you, you as, are judging if, me. as if I know what the <laughs> heck you're talking about. And I have no clue. Uh, no clue. Uh, but it was just I funny watching, <laughs> watching you I was sweating yell at like, yourself. I was,
0: I was sweating like a rabbit shit and razor blades, wasn't I?
2: Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I was All getting right. worried for you. Hi right, folks.
0: <laughs> uh, stay tuned to the Joel Mahalik Show uh, at joelmahalik.com. please stop by and say hi. Uh, over there at Facebook at JM Talk. Yes and at Twitter at WQYB Radio.
2: Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
0: and we thank you for letting us uh
2: you never know what's gonna come out of my mouth. That's right. You never know.
0: Thank you for letting us uh, change things up a little bit. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you did like it, let us know. You can also email the show at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. So there you have it.
2: There you have it.
0: Until next time, I am begging you all to be good to yourselves. Don't hate. Hate's a bad word. And we'll catch up with you next time on the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.